morning, church. It's great to be with you all this morning. Happy Sunday. Happy day before Valentine's Day. If that's a day that you celebrate, happy day before it. It's so good to be together in the house of God this morning. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Connect Church, and I'm so thankful to be with you. And I just had something that I believe God put on my heart to share with everybody this morning. Uh, before we go ahead and start worshiping, we're about to sing the song, Believe For It. And the first line of the song is, they say these mountains can't be moved. And I don't know about you, but if I've learned one thing in my Christian walk, it's that I'm either facing a mountain or I'm just finishing facing a mountain. So it's applicable to all of us this morning. And one of the lines of the bridge, God really put it on my heart to highlight this. It says, help me, Shayla. What does it say? Remind me what it says. You are the way where there seems to be no way. We trust in you because you have the final say. That line, we trust in you. We trust in you, God. Whether you have just come through the mountain or you're just heading towards the mountain and you see it off in the distance, we trust in our God, our great and mighty God, our King, our friend, our defender, the one who is strong in battle, the mighty warrior, the God of the impossible and the possible. We trust in him. And I just want to encourage two groups of people in this room this morning. The first are the people who have just come through that mountain and are testifying of the goodness of God. Let's sing that this morning from a place of testimony, because I know that there are people in this room, myself included, that need to hear that testimony of how we've seen God move, of how we've seen him take those mountains. And for the people in the room that are facing those mountains this morning, I want to encourage you with two things that I have learned in my life, in my walk. He is the God of the impossible. He is the God of more than enough. He is the God of exceedingly abundantly more. And I have learned that when I walk through those journeys, when I walk through those valley of the shadow of death moments, either the circ and I'm and, and I'm trusting God, either the circumstance changes or my heart changes in the midst of it. And sometimes the heart changing in the midst of it is just as important as the circumstance changing. But that's who our God is, and that's what he does. And this morning, I just want to remind us, let's pause all of the busyness, all of the celebration that we have later for Super Bowl or for the Super Bowl commercials, if that's the part of it that you look forward to, or maybe the food. And let's remember that he is the God of more than enough, that he is the God of the impossible, that he is a God that we can put our trust in, our hope in, that he is the God that we testify of his goodness. We trust in you this morning. Yes, Lord.
Baby 
church, you are not believing by yourself. We are all believing together. God is not a man that he should lie. Whatever promise he makes you, he will fulfill it. So just believe it. Your job isn't to figure out how he's going to do it. Just Your job is to just show up and believe it. You said I believe You said It is done You said I believe You said It is done You said I believe You said
Our faith is in you. Our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The God of the impossible, the God of more than enough. The God who has literally moved mountains before and will do it again. We look to you. We fix our eyes on you. We set our hearts on you. We lift our eyes to the hills, for that is where our help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God, we thank you that you are not in the business of hiding from us. You are not in the business of concealing yourself from us, but you are revealing yourself. And God, we ask right now for you to continue to show who you are to each and every one of us here in this room. That we would continue to know you more and more and more and more. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 He is good, church. His love endures. His mercy is everlasting from generation to generation. Oh, it's so good to be with you all this morning. It's so good to be in the house of God. I've been reading some books lately that are a little bit more... Um, written in countries where they couldn't, where people couldn't talk about God, couldn't talk to God, couldn't even have Bibles. And it has given me even more of an appreciation for the freedom that we have. And I'm just so thankful to be with you all this morning. I'm so thankful to be able to gather together this morning for one name and one purpose alone. We want to say welcome. Thank you for joining us. I know it's snowing outside, so if you're joining us online, thank you for being with us this morning online. God is good. We are excited. We are thankful. And we believe that God has so much in store for each and every one of our lives today. So as you're grabbing your seats, I want to ask you to take a look around and give a wave to someone, maybe an elbow bump, an air five, whatever you're comfortable doing. We believe that community is important. God put us in community on purpose. You're good. As much as I always want you to stay and play the whole time. Well, this morning, um, I want to, I, I get the privilege of introducing someone that is very near and dear to me in just a couple minutes. Uh, but I wanted to let everybody know, first, we wanted to say thank you to so many for signing up to be part of TKC, to be part of giving, to be part of ministering to the community. We are so thankful for that. We're so thankful for the response already. You can continue to sign up as well to be part of it. I know there was a beautiful outreach yesterday, but also we wanted to let everybody know that we have a special um, day of love tomorrow, coincidentally on the 14th, uh, if you, for, to be able to give for fam specifically for families. So it's $14 on the 14th through CCB. There's a little TKC box that you can check and what it does is that it feeds, it puts together two family meal boxes. And let me tell you, these family meal boxes, it's not like skimpy. It's like, like Melissa back over there is our head chef for TKC. Hello. Melissa's meals, like a meal that feeds a family, feeds like my wife and I for like 16 days because it's very full, wonderful meals. Um, but that's, 
That is, of course, as we always talk about with TKC, that's the vehicle. That's the vehicle for us to introduce people to love of God. And that's the heart, and that's the purpose, and that's why we do what we do. And last year we saw, correct me if I'm wrong on this, 363 people come to know the Lord as a result of that. As a result of TKC. As a result of our giving, church. Because had we not given, we wouldn't have food to give to people to make that way for, into people's hearts and into people's lives. Uh, Pastor Kyle and Danielle and Jake, who's one of our worship leaders, and their son asked us to ask me to send their love to everybody this morning. Um, they are their their dog Louie, who has been part of the family for over 12 years now, passed this week. So they're taking some time to mourn as a family together. And they said thank you for all of your prayers. They can feel it, they know it, and continue to pray for them. Uh, when 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 a, when a pet becomes has been part of your life that long. It's more than a pet, it's a family member. So um, we love them, we're thankful for them, we're thankful also as well. Last week, Pastor Kyle was actually saying we needed to have Pastor Rick begin to share on evangelism and what a, what a beautiful week for him to be able to do it. Um, Pastor Rick, many of you may know, I call him Pastor Rick here. The rest of life I call him dad. Um, he is a man who is gifted in evangelism, and I just, I'm so thankful that I get to introduce this because I had something that I wanted to say. Um, growing up with someone who's gifted in evangelism can either do one of two things for you. It can make it very easy, or it can make it super intimidating. And for me, it made it super intimidating because I would be sitting with him in a restaurant and I would watch him transition from talking about golf, another one of his dear loves, to sharing the gospel with someone and that person getting saved. I'm like, how did you go from there to there? I don't know how you did that. And for a long time in my life, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very honest with you, it made me ner more nervous because I was around it, around such a gift and I watched it flow so effortlessly that I didn't always try in moments where I felt God saying, I need you to go. I need you to talk to this person about me. And I would like say, you know, Jesus loves you, and, but that was it. And recently, I had an opportunity to be part of his team for, actually, it was our, our uh, Christmas outreach that we did. And I said, okay, I'm going to take all of the teaching, and I'm going to actually begin to apply it. And I got to lead so many people to the Lord that night as a result of it. And I'm so thankful for who he is, and I'm so thankful that we have the opportunity to hear from him this morning, but I want to just say this to you. It seems scarier in your head than it is. It seems like a bigger deal, more pressure in your head than it is. And listen, it was very, it was very scary for me. This is my wife here. Was it not very scary for me? I was like very stressed about it, and then I did it. And I got to be a part of so many people coming into the kingdom of God as a result of it. And that's what it's all about. That's what our commission is. That's why we're here put on this planet. So this week, this morning, we have Pastor Rick intentionally to equip us, to help us know what we're doing, how we're doing it, how we're speaking, and how we're sharing with others. So Pastor Rick, if you could come on up. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Love you. Thank you very much. Boy, that was a great introduction. I just leaned over to my wife, Kathy, and I said, boy, he set me up so well. <laughs> uh, 
Can we talk? I'm going to teach and preach, but I want to talk. Um, lately, I have been accused of being one of those parents that's on that insurance commercial where they, <laughs> where they try to teach their children not to be like their parents. Now, I got to admit, okay, that I do identify with some of those commercials. I have been, I have been known to leave a professional ball sports early, earlier than it's over. I have been known to park near the exit gate yeah, to get out quick. I have been known to uh, talk to the manager of the grocery store and compliment the, the guy that cuts the deli meat for me. And when I flew a lot, I, I'm a paper ticket holder. But Pastor Kyle always says that labels marginalize people, okay? So I think I'm a good parent, and I think I've set good examples in all of those areas. So I'm just kind of getting some things off my chest, because after all, we're living life together in community, and it's not always good news, okay? So, gee, I feel so much better, yeah. But there's one label that I love to be called, and I know Pastor Kyle and Danielle love to be called this too, and it's where they've been taking us, and that's the label of a disciple, moving us deeper and deeper into discipleship, and then it's going to encompass what I'm going to share today. There's been tremendous continuity uh, in bringing us to this point, and this isn't about me, but if I had one message to preach, one last message to preach, it would be the one you're, you're going to hear now. Now, I know that can set the bar a little high for me, but it's not about me. It's about what God wants to do through all of us. And uh, you already know the topic, but I have a, a locator question to ask everybody. And I don't ask this in the spirit of condemnation, but in the spirit of reflection to help us all locate. And I'm going to share a personal situation in a few minutes, but... Here's the question that I want, and it's, it'll be up on your screens. Do I value the comfort of my current relationships with people that are not saved more than I care about where they will spend eternity? I'll say it one more time. Do I value the comfort of my existing relationships with people who are not saved more than I value where they're going to spend eternity. I see so many of you taking notes, and I would really encourage you to do that. And it, it's a great question to ask ourselves, so much so I put it in uh, the book that we give out called Letters to a Gen Zer for Teens and Tweens. There's a lot of social pressure. There's a lot of pressure, particularly at that age. But to be frank about it, there's pressure on us as adults to share the gospel and the consequences that come with it. But today I want to talk about how well we have been equipped to be able to do this. It's important to not only know what we believe, but to be able to share it. Now there's a lot of different ways of sharing your faith. 
And what I'm about to share with you is not a formula. Sometimes sharing the Word of God through our example can take a day, a week, a month. It can take a year or two. But we have to have in our holster an ability to be able to share what we believe in a strategic, ministerial way. To minister means to present something in a way so that it's digestible. That's the key. Not just giving a scripture, but explaining the scripture so that it is digestible. And that's what we're going to do today. And I, The areas that we're going to cover, we're going to talk about the permission for the commission for you, the power that we have to be ambassadors for Christ, the purpose of why we do this, the preparation on how we do it, and also creating the pathway for you to do this, not as an event or two for an aunt or an uncle or a friend once or twice in your life, but to become, have this become a lifestyle where your radar is on all the time and you're open to being used. And if we can do this, God will use us in a way that is unbelievable. You know how you can't eat just one potato chip? You won't be satisfied with just leading one person to the Lord. You'll want to do it over and over and over again. I kind of feel like Bill, Bill Murray at the end of the Scrooge, I get it now, I get, I get it, you know? I get it now. I get it what it's all about. But you have to do it and experience it and get that feedback. Pastor Kyle has been particularly vulnerable and open to being transparent with us. There's a thing in the pastorate that you don't want to let them see too much in certain philosophies. Don't want to let them see too much of your weaknesses because they won't follow you. I've never been a proponent of that. I believe that if we're living life together in community, you need to see your story sometimes in my story. And he's led that as an example for me. And I'm going to take a chapter out of that book right now. I was introduced as somebody who's really good at evangelism. And Pastor John, thank you for that. I, you really blessed me. And I am gifted in this area. But I got to tell you, I did an examination as I was preparing this message. And you know where I've done a really poor job? I've done a really poor job with my neighbors over the years. If I really want to be honest with myself. And you know, for me it's easier sometimes to share the gospel with somebody that I'm never going to see again. It's a little bit of a different matter of sharing the gospel with my next door neighbor who when he's mowing his lawn, I'm mowing my lawn. And the consequences of that if something doesn't go well. I know what that feels like. My love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. I want to be liked, but not at the expense of not sharing the gospel. So my intent today is to minister this to you, not like this, because I struggle too. I really do. But I've, we've got some things I want to share that are going to really, really encourage you and bless you. As Pastor Carl says, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all have these feelings, even those who are particularly equipped and particularly gifted in this area. 
Um, is there a risk? Of course there's a risk. But is the risk worth it? Worth it? Absolutely, absolutely. The permission for the commission, actually it's really not permission. The commission, the divine commission that we're talking about here is really a command. And it was given by Jesus Christ, not only to the apostles, but to us as well. And it's found in Matthew 18.20. If you'll open your Bibles to that, and the scriptures are on the, on the screen. Then Jesus came to them, them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples out of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, who's he talking about here? Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 will cover that. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, you know, you didn't come here to hear my opinion. These are foundational scriptures for what we're sharing today. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the work service so that the body of Christ may be built. For centuries, religion has got this wrong. For centuries, and some of the reasons with some of the organizations and denominations was to keep control and the power very centralized, very high. That sharing the gospel and some other things were to be done by the clergy. We don't use the term laity here, but that's, that's a term. That's not for the laity. That's just for the clergy. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. We're all ministers of the gospel. You might not have a rev in front of your name, but you can go places where I can't. I don't live near you. You don't live near me. I don't work where you work. I don't go to school where you go to school. You don't travel the same daily pattern that I do every single day. We need, we're an army. We're ambassadors for Jesus Christ and we've been given commissions to go around to our spheres of influence and make a difference. Okay, that's the permission. The permission is in the divine call. And it is for future generations, to the end of the age, Jesus said to the apostles. To the end of the age. It didn't stop with them. Yeah. It's continuing. That's right. Absolutely continuing. Yeah. We're the results of generations after generations after generations that can be traced back to the apostles. We want that to continue for future generations. Future right. generations. Right. Yeah. Do we have the power to do this? We have the commission. Well, I know you know we do, but what does the Bible say about it, okay? We covered this in Forged just in the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna do a commercial for Forged. It's where our guys get together in the evenings through Zoom or through, the, through, our, through our digital meetings. You don't have to leave your house. We don't just study the Bible. We talk about it. We talk about its impact with us. We share each other's hearts about it, and we're growing together and shoulder to shoulder does the same thing. I really want to encourage you as Pastor Kyle has been encouraging you to sign up for Forged and Shoulder to Shoulder. But just the last couple of weeks we've been studying Ephesians 1 18 through 21 and this is what it says. I pray and this first verse is a great verse to pray for somebody that doesn't know the Lord. 
put this person's name in there. I'll, I'll do it here. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, now listen to this, is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly Father in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every name that is invoked. Not only in the present age, again, but in the one to come. We have everything that we need to win this war. And it's a battle not against flesh and blood. It's a battle against principalities. It's a battle against principalities. And if we get a hold of that, if we get a hold of that in our heart of hearts, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. Fear is for the other guy. It's not for us. It's not for us. Great scripture. If not you, who? Title of my message that I forgot to give at the beginning was, I, have a, I had two messages. If not now, when? I could have also called it, if not you, if not you, who? If not you, who? Again, this isn't pressure. This is a release. This is a journey that is worth the effort. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, this is, this is how the Lord works. Still, in these New Testament times, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking for you. And if you're open to step out in faith, not in fear, he's going to use you. He's going to send people around you, and it's not necessarily going to be hard. I'll tell you a quick story. A leading evangelist and teacher in this area, godly man, goes on an air flight, airplane flight, sits down in the middle seat. He's a little, little bit of a large individual. And the Lord in flight tells him to lean against the guy in the window seat. What? I want you to lean against the guy in the window seat. All right. I'll do it. He leans against the guy in the window seat. In the window seat. And all of a sudden, and he starts praying for him. All of a sudden, the guy turns to him and just falls apart and tells them all of his troubles and his problems. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know anything about him, but he just dumped on him. And this Christian individual led him to the Lord right there in that seat. God's ways are not our ways. If we take that step, there'll be the path for us to travel. And the miraculous happens. I did some, I did some research on where things are statistically and very, very solid sources for research, but the nomenclature and getting into the, into the minutia of the data, I wasn't able to really come up with things that were truly substantial, but there's two statistics that I want to give you today that are, that are legitimate. 30% of Americans in the United States are either atheists, agnostics, or have absolutely no religious interest or affiliation at all, 
in the last 10 years, the number of people who call themselves Christian has declined in the United States by 12%. Now, the counter on this is that the cause of Christ is not intimidated by statistics. And we've been saying around here, Pastor John was talking about it again on, on our Forge meetings past week, we strengthen that which remains. As you could tell by the story about Gideon, numbers don't mean anything with God. He has an army's fight, he has the enemy fighting each other without a stone being thrown. We strengthen that which remains. The preparation. How do we do this? Well, you know, I would. I wish I had a titanium driver here to do this better than I was going to do it. Does anybody have a titanium driver? Anybody? Oh, 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 wow. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Thank you. This is my Valentine over here. Woo-hoo. Pastor Ron remembers this. This has got the, this got the, the, the wing on it, right? I, I bought this after I saw his. All right. Being a golfer and playing around the golf is not the same as practicing and working on your game. And during the pandemic, I didn't really play a lot of golf out on the golf course. I decided to take about a year and work on my game. My dad told me the first time in 1957 when I took a swing, don't add the numbers up. He said, you swung the club perfectly the first time you picked it up. But I never studied the game as to the why. Pastor Daniel has always been impressing on me more and more the why behind things. So I took a, basically took a year. I hit about 150 balls a week, watched a million YouTube videos, and for the first time in my recent life, I played nine holes with my son, and I shot one under par. And that's way below what I normally shoot because I worked on my game. Attending a church, calling yourself a Christian and attending and only attending a church service is very different than working on your faith and preparing yourself to share your faith. If you want to, keeping in the context of Pastor Cloud, if you want to hit a draw with a driver, with a, well, if you want to hit a straight ball, you have a square stance. Shoulders, hips, feet. If I want to draw the ball, I have to change my stance to close my stance. My shoulders are now pointing to the right of the target. My hips are to the right of the target. My feet are to the right of the target. And that is a slight roll. If I want to hit a slight fade, I have to open up my stance, open my shoulders, align my shoulders with my hips, with my feet, and my stance. What we want to do today as Pastor Kyle demonstrated last week, we want to lift our heads and change our stance to see the opportunities of who God wants us to share the gospel with. That's what this is all about today. And we're going to help you with it, continue to help you with it. All right. Uh, I have another sc screen, I believe. What does practice have to do with this? Well, we have found over the many years of sharing the gospel, a lot of the training that I've had, that proficiency 
Practice equals proficiency. Proficiency equals confidence. And confidence equals salvation. Practice, proficiency, confidence, and salvation. Jack Nicholas was asked once, how come that some professional golfers are more nervous on the first tee than others? Without a hesitation, in a nanosecond, he said, because they didn't do the preparation. The preparation, not perfection, okay, produces that confidence, and that comes from practice. I, I practice this. You may not look it, but I practice this, this sermon. Pastor Kyle, as long as I've ever known him, practices, I hear him down in the front office, he still does it to this day, practices it over and over and over again so that when he presents it, it's presented confidently, confidently, and he has it in his heart of hearts. And that's what we want to do with this. So I want to, again, in the spirit of reflection, not condemnation, share a few things about why some people don't share the gospel. And I'm in here. I'm here too. Number one, some of us are just too busy. It's really a priority thing. Some of us are just too busy. Story. Guy goes to the shoemaker as he's pulling into the parking lot. This is a little shoemaker building. Doesn't see any cars. Walks into the place not knowing if it was open or if anybody was there. And the shoemaker comes out. He says, oh, I'm happy you're here. Well, wh why did you think I wasn't here? He said, well, I didn't see any cars in the parking lot. He says, oh, my car is in, in the repair shop. He said, no. by the way, I, I work down here, but I live upstairs. I work down here, but I live up there. Too many of us work down here and live down here. We've got to work down here and live up there in the spiritual realm. Otherwise, down here becomes what? A laboring life with no refreshment. No refreshment. You can applaud. No refreshment. Too busy. I've done it. I've been on my way someplace. God's wanted me to stop. Too busy. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking eternity here. Not five years in the same thing. We're talking eternity. Again, reflection, not condemnation. Again, many people still think it's not their job, not their duty to do it because of the way things have been set up, particularly in this area too. Many of you don't know how to do it, which is why we're here. That's okay. We're going to help you. We're going to use the foundation of a way to share the gospel that has been going on over 70 years that has brought 12 million people to Jesus Christ. And we use it every week at TKC. We're not here, I'm not here to recruit you for TKC. Those who want to go on to that, that's fine. I'm here so that you make a difference in your sphere of influence in your day-to-day -day lives. Let's talk about that first. We're going to help you with that. Some, of, some people are afraid, understandably so. And another word I can substitute for afraid is comfort. They're not comfortable doing that. I understand that. Maybe you're not comfortable because you think you should do something else. Nobody is exempt from the divine commission. Nobody's exempt. And that's good news. It's not bad news. It's good news to provoke you to want to practice, to get proficient, to get people saved. A lot of people 
good people are afraid they're going to mess up. Let me tell you something about messing up. Eternity and salvation is not that fragile. Okay, whatever you bring to that person is a truth they probably never heard before. It's an addition to information that they never had before. And this isn't legalistic. This isn't something that has to be done perfectly. You might give a segment one day, three weeks later, drop another one. We have a thing called the Walmart story about things on layaway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all of this, by the way, at the end. So you can get a little taste of it. Don't worry about that. Because when it's a divine appointment, Anything is possible, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Some of us have a fear of rejection, okay? I get it. I could never be an attorney because my, my management style and, and industry when I was there and my personality and the way my temperament is, I don't like being in an adversarial environment. I'm a man of harmony. That's how I was described by a lot of my staff when I was working. I don't like when I get oxygen. I'll deal with adversity, but I prefer harmony and unity, and so does God. God bless attorneys. They're called to do that, to live in that world, but that's not what I'm called to do. So the, 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 the thing about rejection, it's not personal. And if you can get by the faces, here's what I've learned from TKC, particularly TKC. I have shared the gospel with people that are shaking their heads, young people too who are, could be wishing they could be anywhere else other than in that car at a curbside. And then at the end, when I ask if it makes sense, absolutely. Could never read them. I stopped reading faces, forget it. The Bible says don't look at their faces. You can't figure it out. His ways are not our ways. I've been in church services where there's, where there's I'm not talking about this church, where there's the most benign altar calls I've ever heard, seen or heard in my life. And if I had to put money on it, anybody get in saved, I would have went, nobody's going to get saved. I stopped doing that years ago. All of a sudden, 10 people will get up. Or 10 people will raise their hands. When God's involved in a divine appointment, you are joining him where he's already working. And remember the guy who was leaning. Didn't say a word until that guy spoke first. First man to open his mouth, that expression in sales, loses. No, not this time. Not this time. Political correctness. I'm learning things. A lot from my family. The things that were acceptable or thought we were, that were acceptable in the 50s and 60s when I was growing up, I've learned now how offensive they can be. And I've changed, and I'm changing daily. But this thing about political correctness as it overlaps into the area of sharing the gospel? No. No. We do it prudently. We do it when God wants us to do it. There's a lot of rules at work. You can't share that. Absolutely understandable. I agree. Work out a lunch. Get off the premises. Use your creativity. There's a lot of different ways. But the political practice, think about this. Jesus goes into the synagogues with the Pharisees and Sadducees. You think he's preaching what they've been preaching for thousands of years? No way. He was very politically incorrect. Yes, give to Caesar what does to Caesar, but not in the synagogue. He preached the truth. He was the truth. He didn't let any of that 
They threw guys in it. They threw the apostles in jail. As soon as they let them out, they start preaching again. If not now, when? If not who? Let's eliminate some of the obstacles, okay? I've talked about some already. This is the greatest conversation anybody can have with another human being. I mean, if they had a game show, can you top this? I'd win. I would win. They would talk eternity here. And you know what's amazing? It's absolutely free. And the world is still trying to build their portfolio of good works and present it at the gates of heaven. It's the greatest news one person can give to the other. Don't look at their faces. The first real evangelist was Mary Magdalene, a person that the Lord had cast out seven demons. The first big crusade after the resurrection at Pentecost was led by a fisherman. Okay? You don't have to have a degree from a theological degree from a, from a seminary. You don't, you don't have to do that. In fact, your story, they're more apt to see your story than in, in you than they are in me. I mean, I get paid to do this. You know how the world thinks. You get paid to do this. You don't get paid to do this. You do it out of the, you don't have any ulterior motives. You're not doing it for money or power. You're doing it out of love and conviction. And that, and that speaks to the world. Believe me, it does. These are divine appointments, like I said. The Greeks called that the Kairos moment when two lines intersect. When he sat down on that plane and leaned against that guy, two lines were intersecting. And a miracle happened. A miracle happened. And it was induced only through obedience and the ability to be able to share. Quick story, I'm not bragging on me, but, but it says, let your, let your light shine. I'm on an airplane. Guy sitting next to me, he's taking his child to CHOP. He's from another state. Forget where I was flying. I got the same kind of unction. Shared, his, his, his son was behind him. And I was glad to change my seat. But no, he, he liked the independence of flying without his dad. And cool. So it was just dad and me. He was open to the gospel. I shared the gospel with him. Just as we're landing in Philly, he says the sinner's prayer, the heaven prayer we call it, and accepts the Lord. That Sunday, I, was a, a, I landed on a Saturday. That Sunday, I, I felt a tap on my back. It was him. It was him and his son. It wasn't hard. It was a, it was a divine appointment waiting to happen. And they're all over the place in your spheres of influence. I don't convince anybody. I don't convince anybody except the Lord. I used to be up till one, two o'clock in the morning. No, 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 no. Pastor Kyle said something a long time ago that I love. If you can convince somebody except Jesus, somebody else can convince him otherwise, okay? We present the truth. Jesus didn't go over to town to town saying, please, 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 follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I'm not chasing. Now, stay with me. Spit out a bone or two. I'm not chasing 
somebody to try to convince them. I'm approaching them, I'm proclaiming, but there's gotta be some reciprocity there, okay? A lot of times we have to have, it's, it's relational evangelism, we have to earn the right to speak into someone's life. It might be three barbecues, maybe a hobby, might be seven rounds of golf, I don't know. Is there an ulterior motive? Yeah, I have, I have ulterior motives when I play around a golf with a bunch of guys I don't know. I have my books in my bag. I don't stop them when they're cursing. I don't introduce myself as a pastor. I wait till I get to the 18th hole. And then I give them my book. Then I watch their face, that's how I, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. It's very effective. Yeah. I think it speaks to them a little bit better than if I would say, hey, don't, don't say that anymore. All right. Pastor John already talked about the Christmas story. 66 people, I think, came to Lord that day, and four of the six people that ministered in their stories shared the gospel through a, through a window in a car. Four of the six had never done it before, and honestly, I hadn't gotten in the script until about a week before. No real training. Week before. I went to Fargo for outreaches a couple of years ago, and there was a misstep on getting the information to the classroom of people that were going to do several outreaches, there four. And they got the script like about two days before the outreach. I'll be honest, I wasn't too optimistic. 60 plus people came to Jesus that day. 60 plus people came to Jesus, that just that one outreach as a result. Blind man said, I don't know why I'm, I can see. I just can see. Your theology doesn't have to be all that deep. Before this is where I was, now this is where I was. It's irresistible to the person who is seeking the truth and wants relief. Pastor Kyle, over the last several weeks, has mentioned training. And we are going to do that. How to share the gospel. And there's a lot of different things involved in that other than just being proficient with a script. And I want to invite every single person in this room who's watching us online to participate in this session when we have it. And we're going to leave it up to Pastor Kyle and Pastor Danielle as to when that's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. But we're giving you a little bit of a taste of it today. And let me tell you something I learned some years ago. It's easier to hear yes or no from God than details. I call it red light, green light theology. Red light, green light. You hear a yes, you don't need the details. Just go. As a matter of fact, I can save you praying about it, to be honest with you. All I see in this room is eagles green. All I see is eagles green. It's a go. It's a go. Whatever, however proficient you are right now, you will be even more proficient and it's gonna be fun. And you're gonna have something to study, you're gonna have something to work with. You'll have this in your spiritual holster and you'll be able to pull it out anytime you need to. And God will send you people. You'll have people saved in your, in your businesses, you'll have relatives you never thought. By the way, the bigger they are, the harder they, they come to Christ. 
seen it over and over and over again. You'll be ready in season and out. I want to talk about one last thing I missed earlier, the silent witness. That's another thing that a lot of people default to. Yes, we should be people of character and our witness. We should be the Bible that people read. True story, true story, and we use this. Bob was an exemplary student in high school. Never got in trouble, got straight A's. Everybody looked up to him. He was at the top of his class. But Bill, his friend, got in trouble all the time. Wasn't a good student. They go to their reunion, 10-year reunion, and they join up again. They were friends. And uh, Bob's talking to Bill, and Bill says, Bob says, how you doing? He says, huh, I've had a rough 10 years, Bob. But you know what? I just became a Christian, and my life has really, really changed. Forgot to mention that Bob was a Christian all those years. So when Bill told Bob that he was a Christian, Bob said, oh, I was a Christian. When were you a Christian? I was a Christian back in high school. He said, Bob, you're not to blame for my last 10 years, but why in the world did you not tell me? Maybe you could have helped me, and maybe I wouldn't have traveled the path that I traveled. And you know what Bob said? A very typical answer. He said, I thought you would notice how I walked and carried myself, and I thought you'd ask me how I did that. You see, the glory of the way Bob walked stayed with Bob. The glory didn't go to God. He never connected the behavior and the conduct with Jesus Christ. He never connected the dots with so the silent witness, a lot of times we kind of default to it. Well, you know, if they want to know, they'll ask me. No. We are called and commissioned to proclaim. Yeah. We're called yeah. and, to, and to fish. Fishers of men. Bait on the hook. And we will help you do things. Help you get in a frame of mind to be able to do this with what's coming up. Um, let's let aside our momentary comfort issues or whatever the issues are and take a step of faith. And now what I'd like to do in closing, I'd like to share the gospel with you. Some of you in this room may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Some of you may be trying to work out your, your salvation. And I just want to give you a little bit of a sample of what we do and what you'll learn to be able to do as well. Now you can keep your heads up while I'm doing this. This is a formal altar call. But when I get to a point at the very end, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and give anybody an opportunity that wants to raise. Just raise your hand. We're not, I'm not asking anybody to come up to the stage, but just to raise your hand. I'll be the only person with, with his eyes open to be able to see that. So when we start sharing the gospel, we ask for permission first. When the prospect calls the salesman in, rather than the salesman doing a cold call, it's a whole different sales dynamic. That same dynamic applies in this situation with some variations of the divine appointment and all that, but there, it's respectful to ask for. May I, may I share something with you of the spiritual nature? When we ask that question at TKC, 98% of the people that we share that with say yes. And about 75 to 80% come to know Jesus as a, role, as a result of the next three minutes. So, when they say yes, 
This is what I say. This is what we say. If you were to stand before God at the pearly gates of heaven, he were to ask you why he should let you in. What do you think you'd say to him? And we get all kinds, I get all kinds of answers. And the answers I get are, I'm a good person. I don't know what I'd say is number two. I love Jesus. And it's a variety of other things. I said, well, I said, the Bible says that the actual standard for heaven is actually perfection. And since nobody's perfect but Jesus Christ, it begs the question, how does a regular person get into heaven? Now, most people are familiar, this is me talking, that Jesus died for them on the cross, but they don't understand how it applies to them personally. I always thought that I'd have to stand before God. I'd have to die first, stand before God, and bring my portfolio of good works to him. And maybe my good outweighed my bad, and I had a shot at getting in. But I'd have to withstand this terrifying, of all terrifying pass-fail exams, and hold my breath while he said one of two things, heaven or hell. Again, we're not talking about five years of Simpson. We're talking about eternity. But you know what? We serve a loving God, and he didn't set it up that way. He knew that it's impossible to have continual joy or, or substantial joy or significant joy unless you know where you're going to spend eternity while you're here on earth. He also knew that no amount of good deeds can make an imperfect person perfect. So here's what he did. He had a plan for us. And if we're sorry for our sins and we trust the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ and him and him alone, the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not as a result of our good works. Here's what it looks like for me. And I've been doing this for 40 years. 40 years ago, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I received the free gift of heaven. And I trusted in Christ and Christ alone for my salvation. So when I stand before God at the pearly gates of heaven, he's not going to see my tens of thousands of sins. All he's going to see is the perfect sacrifice that I'm trusting. And he's going to see perfection and he's going to say, come on in then. Come on in then. Come on in then. And yes, my good deeds are important, but I thought I was going to present my good deeds as the ticket to heaven. The ticket to heaven is trusting in Christ and Christ alone. My good deeds, since I've, since I've accepted him, those good deeds were done in thanksgiving for what he did for me. And they determine my rewards in heaven. But I didn't do them to get into heaven because that's a free gift that I received 40 years ago. Last thing I'm going to say to you, guy goes into a Walmart in 2018. It's in a book that we give out. Pays off all the layaway items. Tyler Curry did it in Georgia. Only Tyler wrote out a check for $450,000. Imagine the surprise of those people going up to that counter to finding that their debt and their, the debt had been paid in full. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. Take the next step of faith. God bless you and thank you. I'm going to ask Pastor John to come up.
and I'll take my titanium driver. If you made that decision today, and it's the first time you've made that decision, I want to invite you to, to pray a prayer with us. And then afterwards, if you can go and visit Pastor Rick right at the table. He has some the book that he referenced that he would love to give to you, that he would love to share with you. But you can just repeat this after me and say, Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love, that gift of love on the cross. The price that you paid for me. I choose this day to accept you as Lord, as Savior of my life. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to go back. I choose you. Thank you for choosing me first. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned, Pastor Rick has a book that he would love to share with you. And by the way, if you have never read Pastor Rick's book, it, the, we have two different books. We have one um, that's written for really any age, and then we have one specifically for Gen Zers, uh, for the generations that are coming. And we have them spaced throughout the church, but I know that he would love to get the chance to give you a copy specifically, so you can head right on over to him after service. And I know he mentioned uh, Shoulder to Shoulder and Forged, I just want to take a second and encourage you, if you haven't been part of Shoulder to Shoulder or Forged yet, um, I feel like this was really on my heart this morning, specifically to encourage the men. I know as a guy, a lot of times culture and society tells us that we just need to tough it out and do it. And it ends up leading to us being isolated and trying to do things on my own. My wife is trying really hard not to just nod her head really, really hard right now because I certainly try to do things on my own often. But do you know the first thing that God said was not good was for man to be alone? Adam, the first sin, was him trying to be like God. I need the fellowship. I need the encouragement. I need the iron sharpening iron of men around me encouraging me, adding strength to my life, and pointing me to Jesus in all of the seasons, in all of the circumstances, in all of the moments of life. So um, I just want to encourage you to sign up, to be part of it. Ladies, same goes for, for you, but I felt like I was specifically supposed to say that to the men today. And I, don't, I also, I know that I am this person that I say, oh, I'll do that when I get home. Do you know when I remember that thing that I said, I'll do that when I get home? Next Sunday, when I walk back through the doors of the church, I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. I was supposed to do that last Sunday. So take the chance, take the time before you leave today. You can scan the QR code if you have an iPhone or most Androids. If you just open your camera app and you point it at it, it will pop up. There's little signs in the lobby too if you don't want to point your phones at the screen. Um, but I just want to encourage everyone. I know my life is better as a result of it. I know all of, the, all of our lives are better when we walk in community. And now Pastor Irene is gonna come and encourage us in our giving.
And so men, I don't know whose idea that was to play Super Bowl weekend on Valentine's weekend, right? But men, this is an excuse to, right, for getting a gift or doing something for your loved one, right? You can't say, oh, I was too busy watching the game, right? And I, I'm, not, I'm not putting my husband under the bus because he got me some flowers already. <laughs> but that's what makes, you know, this weekend so special is that it's a time of giving, isn't it? Whether you give someone a Valentine's card or a gift or dark chocolate, right? It's always, always a good idea, right? But whether you're getting together with family and friends tonight or you're going to make your buffalo wings and all those things, you're going to have to eat together, right? And just spending time together. That's what's so special. And so that's what's so special about this time of service, giving of our tithes and our offerings. Really giving love back to Jesus, right? We're giving love back to God and thanking Him for everything that He's done for us. And also just for who he is, right? He is worthy, church. He is worthy of our worship. And also, it's a great way to give back to our community. And we're so blessed at TKC that we have a tangible way through our food truck to give to our community, church, right? I have this beautiful verse, and I want to read it. It's so precious. John 14, 23, it says, If anyone loves me, how inclusive is that, right? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. I love that church, that Jesus and the Father, they come and they make their home with us when we keep his word and when we give love to him. So beautiful. So on the screens, you'll see all the different ways that you can give, and there's also that new QR, that fancy QR code that we have, and there's a kiosk there as well. So let's pray, church. So Father in heaven, we thank you so much. On this weekend where so many of us are thinking about love and giving to one another, God, we remember you this day. We give to you. And we thank you, Father, for all you have done for us. I know that I was a mess, God, before I knew you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for our salvation. And we just give back to you out of gratitude, Lord. And we thank you that you would use these gifts also to bless our community in tangible ways through our life-giving offerings, God. We thank you so much, Father, to you all the glory and all the honor is due. And everyone said, amen. Thank you, church. Thank you so much, Pastor Irene, for encouraging us. Well, I just want to do one more thing before we go. I know that some many people will probably be going to see some people for the Super Bowl. And I want to take the opportunity uh, to pray specifically for those divine appointments for us. So if everybody could stand on up right as we get ready to go. God, we thank you for the words that have gone forward. And we thank you for the words that you will put in our mouths. The divine appointments that we're about to walk into. God, that you would show us exactly what to say and when to say it. That you would give us the strength and the courage to speak. God, that we would be reminded that it is your word, not our word. That it is your strength that we are doing this by, not our own strength. That it is you who is moving, that you would minister to people's hearts, that you would minister to people's lives. That when we walk through the doors of those rooms, that we would have leaning on someone else opportunity moments, God. That you would speak, that you would move, and God, that you would strengthen your people to do your work, God. We thank you that we get to be a part of your work. We thank you that we get to be your hands and feet. We thank you for the equipping that took 
took place today, God. And we pray that you would seal those words in our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you, church. Have a great day. Have a great week. We'll see you guys in Shoulder to Shoulder and Forged.